Hello, welcome to That Geek Pod. I'm Catherine and here with me this week is Sean from Blue Bantha Milk Co. How are you going, Sean? I'm good. I'm I'm good. I'm I'm happy to um I'm happy to be back. This this has been a wonderful journey, just kind of um uh rewatching the Mad Max movies. I'm really enjoying it. I've really kind of rediscovered a love for them. Yeah, it's um interesting, you know, for me going back and watching them. Yeah, there's such a part of the Australian zeitgeist and yet yeah, I've never actually sat down and, and watched them. Yeah. You know, it's um you know, Mad Max One, it's filmed around Melbourne and mm. um still somewhat recognizably some kind of civilization. Mad Max two, not so much. No, that's all gone. That's that's it now. Now they've got enough money to kind of just be like, no, we can go go out into the desert and be really stylized and yeah. Yeah. Now it gets good. It was um funny, I you know, put it on and started it and and if you haven't ever watched it, go and watch it because we're spoiling. Um mm. but it starts with the the square, the box, um thing and i swear after all the discussion i was about to text our little chat group and go is is this a Zack snyder aspect ratio yeah. thing going on i no, i did the exact same thing because what what has happened to me is my um i started watching re-watching this tv show called the venture brothers on um yeah. on my new Blu- blu-ray player and the first season is presented in that aspect so it's like the black bars down the yeah. side so when the movie started, I was like, oh, my God, is it, is it, I was like, maybe it's the TV's broken. Maybe there's something wrong with, so I'm like going through all the buttons and stuff like that. And then I had like, Fiona was Googling it, trying to like find it out. And then I was like, oh, whatever, I'll just, I'll just watch it. And it wasn't until about like five or 10 minutes into the film, I was like, oh, they've gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's part of the movie. Oh, okay, cool. That's fine. Yeah. So they... They open with this narration that sort of lays some backstory for what had happened. That there'd been a crisis even before the first Mad Max movie, but in between movies there'd been a nuclear war. Is that what's happened? I think so, yeah. I think, yeah, I think the idea is like everything's starting to fall apart and then there's been a Mm. war or, yeah. I mean, it's it's a weird one because... The thing with Mad Max is like so much of it is like added for the American audience. So they were like, okay, well, when we release this in America, we'll call it the Road Warrior. We won't call it Mad Max 2. So we need to kind of very quickly at the start reestablish who the character is for people who didn't see the first film and so on. So, so much of it is like, okay, well, we got to catch up people who won't have seen it and so on. So it's, it's an odd one in that sense because you don't really know where things place like yeah. is the war before the first one is the war yeah because i guess like you say the first one does have like people going on caravan holidays you know yeah. whereas like the second one is everyone's <laughs> in you know cricket cricket um uh like they're in hockey. like sport yeah, yeah like hockey pads aren't they and that, that yeah. kind of thing and it's just like everyone's just scrounged together so yeah yeah so like they were buying ice creams and yeah <laughs> Well, it's it's so weird because so many people I think have watched um, like Fury Road or they've watched Road Warrior. Like it's yeah. definitely one of those ones where they're the two most popular. So I think I'd seen Road Warrior first and then, 
Oh, no, tell I know. I watched Mad Max 1 when I was a kid, and then I watched Road Warrior 10 years ago, whatever. Then when I went back and watched Mad Max, I was like, why ice cream and camping holidays and all this? Like, oh, okay. So it's not it's not always that sort of complete end of the world. Yeah. Yeah, that there'd been some kind of society breakdown and then things got dramatically worse between yeah. movies that, that was sort of implying. But it was interesting that um, the opening narration is that it sort of set the back background story, but yet you... You didn't need to know exactly who he was, like or have seen the first movie, because they gave you the right like 20, 30 seconds to go, okay, he lost his family brutally and now he's on the road. Yeah. And I do quite appreciate that, that they kind of just get that done and then it's done and then you just get the film started. Yeah. Because it's very, I think it would be very tempting for, and again, I'm, I, I kind of, I keep coming back to the American audience, but like, I feel like George Miller's quite good at avoiding like tropes and things. So there's not like a scene halfway through where Max like pours his guts out to someone <laughs> and it's like, oh, I used to be a cop and da 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 It's like, no, no that's your little bit there and that's broken him. So he's so broken. He's not going to tell people about that. He's not going to Mel Gibson has 16 lines of dialogue in this entire movie, you know, which makes perfect sense. Yeah. He's, he doesn't talk a lot that, you know, again, it's the bad guys who have the long soliloquies. They are again, the most, um, is it the word loquacious of, of all the characters. Yeah, the uh, George Miller's baddies, I think, are just uh, they're beyond anything. Like they're just uh, like Lord Humong. Like I, I think his names are incredible. Like Lord Humongous, I think, yeah. is an incredible character who just like is just in his like his leather daddy gear and like a hockey mask, and there's some sort of burns, but maybe not. And he's got like a Nazi pistol. Yeah, no, just so strange. So many layers of just like weirdness on top of each other, and it all sort of works. And and again, no backstory to the bad guys, who they are, you know, what their motivations are, but you know how they got to be where yeah. they are. It's just they are just there, and we're meant to infer any kind of relationships because you. Re- you don't even know characters' names unless you're no. really paying attention or looking at IMDb yeah. um, because they're just, yeah, they're not said. It's just a world and you're just thrown into it. And I, I love that. I mean, yeah. that's like, I, I'm such a big fan of um, of these films and 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 uh, it's, it's, it's odd to sort of watch Road Warrior and or Mad Max 2 and sort of see because I'm a huge fan of Fury Road. I love Fury Road. And you can just see the kind of building blocks of ideas that will eventually become Fury Road. Like mm. um, the thing where he's got like the car with like the prisoners hanging on the front. Yes. Yeah, that comes back around yeah. in Fury Road, but it's used in a different, like more creative way. And then the the final sequence of this movie where they're in the tanker truck and they're, all, they're on top like firing weapons off, that's all of Fury Road. Fury yeah. Road is just that that chase scene for two hours. <laughs> and it's incredible. 
it's yeah. it's yeah it's really interesting just to see all these ideas just pile on top of each other and then get like he comes back and sort of changes the stuff he's done and so you've got like the quite effeminate biker gang in uh mad max one and then okay let's 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 dial that up to a thousand and have them like with their asses hanging out of like the leather trousers and so on and the world is a bit mad with the pink hair and everything so it's like oh it's it's insane i love it yeah it yeah it's a very unique look that i think has then been replicated in post-apocalyptic movies since that I don't think was around before. I, I, I'm I trying to think. And, you know, most things set sort of in a post-apocalyptic world puts it far in the future, so an advanced civilization or maybe living underground, mm. but not this remnants of humanity. And you can recognise, oh, yeah, that's a car from now, that's a tanker from now, that's yeah. S&M gear from now. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, it's such a because as since I finished the movie, I, I read all the, like the IMDb trivia, and it's it's such a massive um, influence on so much um, so much sci-fi and so much of that sort of genre of like you say like post-apocalyptic. Whenever you watch post-apocalyptic movie, and it's like tribes, they always yeah. sort of look a bit Mad Maxy, don't they? They always kind yeah. of like there's a lot of um, well, Link. Uh, what's the movie? Um, Waterworld. Like Waterworld's yeah. got like massively influenced by it, for better or worse. Um, but yeah, no, it it definitely created like a um, like a visual language for for the end of the world, and um, that I love that sort of idea of like the costumes are all just cobbled together from um, like different places and different pieces, and and then all the goodies are just there in like the. Um, like you say, the hockey hockey pads, and yeah. I think someone does have a uh, like a wicket keeper's, um, like the leg. This is we need turbo here because he would know all this stuff. <laughs> like the um, the, the leg, leg pads. Guards. Yeah, pads. That's it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, like the guy who gets ambushed and Max rescues him. He's wearing yeah. those pads and stuff like that. And it is very kind of that tells a story in itself that they're actually the goodies are quite ineffective and it's like okay well what what do we have that's good protective gear we'll raid this you know uh sporting goods shop and we'll yeah. take everything from there like it's you know we we start off and, and max is driving along the road with a dog all right this mm. is the second movie that a dog gets killed I'm not happy. Oh, yeah, they do kill the dog in the first one, don't they? Well, they, I, I think we definitely have... don't kill a dog in Fury Road. Okay. I think. <laughs> and I haven't seen Thunderdome, so. <laughs> because this dog called Dog was yeah. great. He was so bonded with Max. He defended Max. He was protecting Max. And that's how he was killed. Thankfully, it was just we didn't see it. We didn't even mm-hmm. see the body, but we know. Um, look, you can do all sorts of things to humans, but if you touch an animal in Catherine's eyes, you are, I'm, I'm coming after you. Yeah, like, yeah. it's um, 
Yeah, again, it is that weird George Miller thing of like, he, there are no sort of sacred cows. Like the first movie, obviously, Sprog and Jesse and then the dog and then this one, the dog. And most of the kind of heroic characters other than Max and the feral kid get killed. Like the the the, the mechanic on the big yeah. thing, um, the, the, and, the leader of the camp and so yeah. on, yeah. Yeah, because you'd think that the leader would survive. Of all the the heroes, you'd think he'd survive to then help forge this new civilization, because he sort of seemed of of the good guys, quote unquote, the most like put together and and able to cope with the outside world and keep mm. everyone together as a group. Yeah, but no, he gets no. he gets tridented in the back. Yeah, very unceremonious. Like I guess that's things that the people. When I was watching it last night, I was like, oh, yeah, the, the, the thing with this movie as well is, like, um, people die and they don't die well. You no. Know, no one kind of, I think, to be honest, Dog probably gets the most sort of, like, heroic death in the sense of, like, him standing between Max and the and the, yeah. the, the, the baddie. Um, but everyone else just gets, like, oh, you stab in the back, you fall off a truck, you take an arrow, you get headbutted to death. You know, it's, it's yeah. there's no, <laughs> very little romance. Boomerang to the head. Boomerang to the head, yeah. Love the feral kid. And it's a great character. Um, but yeah, it's... Yeah, and and again, it kind of avoids the trope as well of like, you know, the leader getting killed and then Max becoming the leader. It's like, no, it was... No, nah, that wasn't what, that wasn't their plan at all. So yeah, that's good. I yeah. That. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we're in this world where now um, petrol or gasoline... They did call it gasoline, didn't it? Didn't they? Not petrol. It, yeah, it's gasoline or guzzoline. Like okay. Sometimes like some characters called guzzoline. And that, again, becomes a thing in Fury Road. It's guzzoline. Yeah. But, yeah, to to call it um, gasoline and not petrol is obviously for an American audience. Yeah. Did they – I can't even remember if they call, even referenced it in in part one, episode one. No, I think in, in one, it's not a thing. There's, there's no kind of... There never really, in the first one, seemed to be any shortage of anything. No. Really, it was just sort of like society was breaking down and there was um, roam, roaming gangs. That, and that, that seemed to be the major problem. So maybe that's the thing, isn't it? You've got that, then there's yeah. the war, then you've got the... Everyone yeah. needs the juice. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and yeah, so they're after gasoline, and Max is just driving the road, seeing his old um, interceptor. Yeah, the V eight. Yep. That car's amazing, and a good. It's it's cool as well how much kind of carries over from the first film. So he kind of he gets shot in the knee in the first film, and then his legs are in like he's got like a caliper on one leg, yeah. and he's got his interceptor, and um. There's probably more things that I can't think of right now, but um, yeah, he's just sort of just moseying around, just getting into trouble and causing problems with. Um, well, there's still that awesome thing that they do in Mad Max Two that they do in Mad Max One, where they just like to imitate things going really fast. They just speed the film up. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. All right. Yep. It's it's very clear what you've done, but yeah, cool. Okay. Yep. Why not? We'll, we'll accept it because you flicked a um, switch in your card, somehow have some kind of booster. 
yeah, you did, did a close zoom in of the engine and then you went really fast. I'm like, yeah. okay. I don't and know anything be- about cars, but your boots. Look, all I know about the Fast and Furious franchise is, you know, the, the podcast. So I was going, oh, yeah. that's Noz. That's Noz, that's yes. That's Noz. With, the, with the gas. Yep. And then you press the thing and then everyone goes, you got to like get thrown back into your seat. Yep. Yeah. That's the rule. Yeah. <laughs> it was good fun. Um, and... You know, one face I did not expect to see was Cookie from a country practice. Not a reference so, that I get <laughs> as, a, as yep. an English person. So a country practice, Australian show, it was on two nights a week, yeah. 7.30 on the on Channel 7, Monday and Tuesday, burnt into my brain, set in small country town of Wandon Valley with its own hospital and, you know, like, as any small country town in Australia has, many murders and, you know, medical dramas, you know, f- I, but Cookie was the um, the cook at the local, like, RSL pub thing. Right. He ran that. And he's now the captain in Mad Max 2. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yes. So, you know, good old Australian, you know, actors just popping up everywhere. But um, we get to meet the gyro captain. Is it? Is mm-hmm. that his character name? Um, Bruce yeah, Spence. Which is, think, you only see that in the credits again, isn't yeah. it? It's just like if you're watching the credits, Bruce Spence, gyro captain. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bruce Spence, um, who... If you don't know who Bruce Spence is, you do know who Bruce Spence is. With, without knowing his name, you know who he is. So before we, we came on, um, we were having a chat about the different franchises he's been in. So obviously Mad Max, Road Warrior, yep. um, Gyro Captain. Um, he's been in... Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. What was his character? I'm not sure. He was an Uta Powan. He's the one who meets up with Obi-Wan and, oh. o- and says to everyone, you know, he's the big tall dude with the long teeth and he's like, yeah, there's a, there's a, the droids are here, like, you know. Yeah. Um, there was... The Mouth of Sauron in the extended Return of the King, um, who I don't think he... No, he's not in the uh, the theatrical, but he's in the extended. He's amazing. Like He's just got like the massive mouth and the things over his eyes. Yeah. Um, the train train Man in the Matrix... Tree, uh, Matrix... The third Matrix film. Yeah. Revolutions. That's, that's that sounds right. Um, yeah, because Reloaded would be second, yeah. Oh, yeah, Reloaded. Yeah, yeah, so Revolutions. He's the train man. Um, yeah. He was in one of the Chronicles of Narnia movies. And he was in one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, but one of the more recent. I think he's in Dead Men. Don't tell the the fifth one. Yeah, which yeah, looking now. So, you know, it's just insane. His um, a Voyage of the Dawn Treader, Chronicles of Narnia. So, if you look through, yeah, his IMDb, he's been in virtually every Australian thing ever. Um. Oh, he's in Farscape as well. Of course oh. he's in Farscape. Well, he's like six foot six and is super skinny. He's like, what's his face? Um, Doug Jones. You oh, know, okay. um, 
Yeah. Uh, um, Saru, 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 Discovery, and yeah. Abe Sapien, and and so on, and so on. Where yeah. he's just like super skinny, wears prosthetics like a king, and yeah. uh, we'll just do it. So yeah, so he's just in everything. That's great. Yeah, the king of franchises. Yeah, he'd be a great get for like a comic con, wouldn't he? Because he's just he just have stories about everything. I'm, I'm sure he must have done them. He must have. I I couldn't imagine that he wouldn't. Yeah. Because he could just go to all of them. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> just go from booth to booth. Just yeah. Yeah. I mean he works pretty solidly, but still, it's the Australian television and film industry. He'd he'd be wanting a side hustle. Um yeah. so yeah, was it God, it was only like last weekend. So I'm talking just a bit over seven days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh and I went to Supernova. I know it seems amazing now in um, <laughs> lockdown, lockdown Melbourne that um, we went to a big public event. But um, John Jarrett just had set up a, you know, a a table because of you know Wolf Creek, that whole franchise, and he was at a table, and I was like, John Jarrett, this this John Jarrett, um, cancelled. You know, like he's he's well known. You know, like what are you doing just sitting there? And I mean, not even where people line up for an autograph. I mean, like next to some random like fan art guy. How weird! Because he is like Wolf Creek's an international hit. People know who he is. Yeah. Nick, whatever. Um. And he's in some of it. Oh, he's in tons of Aussie stuff, isn't he? But yeah, Wolf yeah. Creek was was massive. Yeah, and you know, ex-husband of Noni Hazelhurst. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. That's... What else was he in? He was in something recently. Yeah. I don't know. It'll come. It'll come to me. Yeah, he's he's in or he's been in lots of things. Maybe not so much recently, but yeah, he's in lots of things. But yeah, even he needs to come to supernova and get paid for stuff so let's get paid for his time yeah Hmm. yeah but um yeah bruce spence's gyro captain flying this very yeah you didn't have to tell me it was a mad max you know design of a helicopter (laughs) yeah it's yeah it is so funny how that aesthetic has just seeped into just popular culture. You just know it. Hmm. So when we were talking about, um, you know, the the way the bad guys were dressed up, this is a random link. I immediately thought, oh, that Rufio kid from Hook. Oh, yeah. I Yeah, with like the big shoulder pads and the yeah, hair. Hair, like, and there's the red f- feathers and things, like it's, that was good. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. There's a hook reference. <laughs> Got it. Yep. But yeah, that, um, yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. But yeah, he had a, a yeah, Gyro Captain had a, a snake guarding his um <laughs> his gyrocopter because of course, during Australia. It, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. I'm not a big fan of snakes. I wasn't super into that, but it makes 
it makes a certain degree of sense, I guess, if you're in Australia, if you can tame a tame a snake to attack to attack people who are trying to steal your cobble together helicopter, then yeah, don't, don't think too hard. Yeah, yeah, it's it's start, since it's not staying out loud, it's falling apart. But yeah, yeah, but you know, it makes sense. You know, yeah, Australia snakes. I mean, I don't like snakes either. Don't worry. <laughs> I was brought up in Australia. I don't like snakes. Yeah, no, not a fan. Not a fan. I've, I've managed to, I've lived in Australia for seven years and I haven't seen a single snake, but I lived in Thailand for two years and I saw shitloads and it was <laughs> horrific every time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, suburban Melbourne, not too bad, I would say. But if you go bush, it's a bit more. Mm hmm. And that's why when you're walking in the bush, you wear long pants and you make sure you step heavily so you're making vibrations so that yes. they go away and they know you're there so that they don't get scared and lash out and bite because that's how it happens. Okay. I will keep that in mind. That's good. Yeah. That's good to know. Catherine Neen, crocodile hunter. <laughs> Crikey. No, can't do it. Uh- <laughs> Crikey. That's better. Yeah, no, never never managed to pick up the accent. Oh, you've, you've got to just lean into it and go for it. Like the um, the accents on Bad Batch, they're, they're just going for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's funny because, you know, you kind of expect to team up with Max and Gyro Captain no, like Max has him <laughs> as a prisoner, just full on has him as a prisoner. To Doesn't feed him. No. He oh. eats, yeah, he's opening dog food and then eating that. And um, so it, it's funny how just that act gives you an idea of how things have gone that Bruce, that, Jaro Captain's looking on very enviously at this can of dog food that Max is eating. Yeah. Yeah, that, that does speak volumes, doesn't it? Where it's just like, yeah, he's even he's even willing to kind of like try and get it off the dog as well. Yeah. If you're like, I'm not going to try and take dog food off a dog. The dog's going to no. mess me up. So yeah. he still gives it a go. Not off a blue healer. No, exactly. But um, yeah, Dinky died. Was it? Yeah, Dinky died. Dog food. Yeah, that's um in the Mad Max um video game. That's you have to collect Dinky die dog food as like health. That's the. That's how okay. I do need a better computer to play that game because it's really good. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I didn't get that reference. I was like, why am I eating dog food? And then when I was watching this. I was like, <laughs> yep. there we go. Yeah. When was that game made? Uh, after Fury Road. Oh, so okay. It's, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like the Max in it isn't doesn't look like Tom Hardy. Doesn't look like Mel Gibson. And the baddies are sort of more like the Fury Road baddies than. But I don't know. I only managed to play a couple of a couple of minutes on it till my computer completely crapped out because it was too powerful for it. But I need to kind of get a, get my other laptop see if it works on that. <sighs> But um, then we meet, then we sort of get into the thrust of the story that there's hold up at this 
oil refinery is this group of survivors, for want of a better word, who've come together and are getting the um, gasoline out of the ground. And, yeah, the bad guys are trying to get their gasoline. They don't want the bad guys to get it because they want to go to Noosa or Surface Paradise, actually, wasn't it? Yeah, it's Sunshine Coast. Is that Surface? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was... um... Yeah, again, that's that's such a, an interesting thing to watch and just be like, Sunshine Coast. But then I guess if you, like when he's looking at the pictures, again, if you're an American, you'd just be like, oh yeah, that looks gorgeous. But I was like, yeah. Sunshine Coast. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? Why not? Out of, it's, it's very cold here at the moment. So I'm True. going, oh yeah, Sunshine Coast. That does sound good actually, yeah. 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 But um, so that's sort of the thrust of the story and they they get Max, they have this tanker, they want to get this tanker out so they can then get the petrol, fill up their vehicles and go away. And, and Max ends up helping them after a few, you know, false starts and things. Mm. Um. But again, it's this, yeah, the mechanic, he, he was he paralyzed or had no legs? Yep. Yeah, paralyzed. Uh, he was like paralyzed from the waist down. So he's like yeah. on this big contraption, isn't he? Like hanging up. Yeah. But his legs are like wrapped, tied together or like mm. wrapped in a bag or something. Yeah. This. So it's this whole, so yeah, and he's um, on like a, a pulley system moving around. So it's a very interesting thing of, he, George Miller has deliberately put that in and it's not referenced in any way throughout the movie. Yeah. It's just there. Yep. Uh, and so it just makes, you know, another layer of interest. Um, and the character who's like just warrior, I think her name was, yep, was a, yep. a female. Um, and... Yeah, no love interest. Woohoo. Yeah, no love interest at all. And it's like some of the again, like the costumes as well, like some of them have like tennis headbands as well. Which I think yes. were the warrior woman maybe had that. And then there was the other woman who kind of is gonna run away with the gyro captain and she's like all in pink and she's just got a ponytail that just goes like straight up in the air. Yeah. And then yeah. she had the sweatband on. Yeah, like she was weird... the most you could go look at her and go, okay, yeah, that's eighties. That's real eighties. Yes, definitely. That's that's kind of like okay, the world ended in the eighties. This yeah. is it. Like, yeah, yeah. Because, um, yeah, no, it was, yeah, yeah, no, the the very sort of, um, uh, you know, all the good guys wore white. You know, so they're all wearing their hockey pads and their oh, white yeah. tennis sweatbands and so on. And then all the baddies are in darker colours and black and so on. And then you've got Max sort of in black, but helping the goodies. And it's sort of, ooh, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I like that. Yeah. But, you know, the details that they they went to, you know, I, in some ways are like unnecessary details. Like they put the bad guys in black leathers but made them chaps 
and mm. the humongous, <laughs> yeah, is you never saw his face. He was just in like a, a gimp mask the whole time. Yeah. And it was never explained the relationship between, um, oh, what's that bad guy's name? Like, like almost Wes. the mad Wes, yeah, and the young guy who who got boomeranged. Um, so he's the golden boy or the golden lad or something? Yes, yes, something like that, yeah. Yeah, so you don't know whether they're a couple or he's protecting him or brothers or whatever and it's just sort of like because i think the thing that they do so well is just like you could pick any character and be like i need to know more about that give me a give me that movie give me that short story tell me why tell me how this character because why is the humongous the humongous who who is this ayatollah of rock and roller (laughs) you know what is (laughs) how does he come into being you know that's that's yeah that's um yeah, that's that's just something so wild. Like, how did these people? Did they find this like um, oil derrick and then build a thing around it? Yeah. Are they involved in it? Were they might? Were they like? Uh, were they? Did they work on it before the world ended? You know, it's just like. Yeah. Does it matter? <laughs> it's it's yeah. Really, you get dropped down. You see these days of their lives. And then that's it. Yeah. Which I do like. I mean, I like I like that with these films. It's just like, there's loads of questions and loads of like world to kind of get lost in. But it's like, now we're telling you this one story in the midst of this, this whole thing. You're just going to have this one time that they had to get this tanker from point A to point B and Max came into their lives and this is how it happened. You're like, cool. Yeah. And then as soon as it's over, it's over. Yeah. yeah. But you know, it's interesting in a way because Max get gets left without a vehicle. Yeah, it just gets, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the interceptor gets um, wrecked. But it is funny that Vax get commented on that, oh, this is an interceptor. You don't see these anymore. Hmm. And, and you know, a lot of comments about that that would lead one into, you know, back into the first movie. But... You don't need to have seen. It's a really well constructed sequel, is what I think I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, it is. It's there's there's not. It it almost works in like um, uh, like the Indiana Jones movies where you could just pick them up at random. Um, except for really Crystal Skull. Crystal Skull is sort of a sequel to Raiders, but like yeah. you could watch Last Crusade and not have watched anything else and get it. You know, you'd yeah. be like, oh yeah, I understand what this is. And and the same with this, like, you get that little bit of backstory. You could probably even not have that backstory and just watch it and it'd be fine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's enough references to kind of, like, reward you for having watched the first film, but you, there's no gatekeeping. There's no sense of, like, oh, well, you need to, you, oh, to understand that, you'd need to know this. And to understand that, you're like, no, like you say, they mentioned the Interceptor, you can be like, oh, yeah, because it's the last Interceptor, because they said that in the first movie, or, you know, uh, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, but yeah. Yeah, but even you think very early in the movie he comes across the crash ta- um, tanker and things and one of the bodies is a little thing from a music box that plays, um, is it Happy Birthday or something? Yeah, Happy Birthday. Yeah, and 
and he gets quite emotional seeing that and but in a very stoic not showing it type of way but we know enough from that little glimpse that okay he'd had a son he'd had a child and was brutally killed so we we understand enough that okay this is why that's means a lot to him this is why he has some kind of bond with the feral kid mm. and i love how they just go yeah feral child yeah that's it yeah no name feral kid yeah don't know where he came from doesn't matter <laughs> yeah and and that bond with with max and feral just lasts the whole way mm. and another and Max gets hurt in this movie, like badly injured. Yeah. And he doesn't shrug it off like action stars do. He he carries them and he's still carrying injuries from the first film. Which which is great. I mean, I think that's, again, going back to Indiana Jones, that's like one of the, my main reasons why I really like the Indiana Jones movies is that he gets, gets his ass kicked and yeah. and sort of shows it. It's, it's the kind of the... Um, it's the it's the it's the difference between that and like James Bond, where like never remotely injured, never remotely phased, just kind of like a few minor cuts and grazes or whatever, but fine. But then if you watch like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Harrison Ford gets his ass kicked from one side of that movie to the other, <laughs> and is constantly just like picking himself up to get back into it. And you're like, yeah, because and he, you know, and that's that's the big heroic thing about him is that he just like he won't stay down. And then and Max is the same, like when he sort of comes out of that tent and he can't open one eye and there's blood all down him and he's limping and he's like, I will drive the tanker. You're like, that's cool. That's real. Yeah. That's real hero shit. Like, yeah. He, and in driving the tanker, he still tries to save you know, the people around him and protect the feral kid, but still on mission. And he's yeah. getting injured every moment but he's like no i've got to i've got to do this and does it yeah and it's great and also as well like watching this film um i I finally because this is this might be an odd comment but like the p like the the actors who are considered like the sort of super hunks of the 80s like mel gibson and tom cruise and all that they were always sort of like um, I, I, when you got to like the late eighties and the nineties, they were always, always sort of like good looking in in an eighties way without like weird hair and stuff. And but watching this, one, I was like, well, there's a few shots. Where I was like, God, Mel Gibson is a good looking dude in this yeah. movie. Like he is, he is, a, he is a handsome bloke. Like he just kind of like gets all mullety and stuff as the as his as it goes on. I don't get it after that point. But I was sort of like, damn, he's looking fine. Yeah, like. This is, you could definitely go here, oh, yeah, this is why Mel Gibson became a star. Yes. I mean, don't get me wrong, when you you see Gallipoli, he's amazing in that. Hmm. But this is why he became a star. Yeah, this is, yeah, you can you can kind of, it's, it's interesting to have, like, his two major roles are, like, this and... Riggs in Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Riggs? Is he Riggs? Yeah. Yeah. Who are very obviously complete complete yep. opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of like action heroes. 
And then you sort of like, yeah, this is why he was like a massively bankable star for ages, like because he could, he had that kind of interesting range, and he could do serious stuff and so on. And then obviously, directed and all that. Yeah. Until he revealed himself to be insane. Yes. <laughs> real, real, real dick. But um, but yeah, it's 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 interesting to sort of um, I can't think of of many sort of big stars of the time who could have done both who could have done lethal weapon and and man max like that sort of like fast talking buddy cop having all the punchlines and then this where you only have 16 lines of dialogue and you just own the film the entire time yeah Yeah. you know i i think you know i read in the the imd trivia so you know grain of salt but that james cameron you know then had the confidence with the Terminator to not have that many lines of dialogue mm. with either the Terminator or Kyle Reese. I don't think Kyle Reese has that many lines if you think about it. No, I mean, it's I've watched that film a million times now and it's yeah. mostly Sarah Connor doing the talking and him giving her very short answers. Then as the movie goes on and Kyle becomes more comfortable and he starts to speak more and it's great. It's yeah. it, the Terminator is an incredibly good film that is kind of overshadowed by how incredibly good Terminator 2 is. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Arnie only, again, well, I guess Arnie is sort of the same thing. Like he can do the sort of more ridiculous movies, but like, I, I what, 10 lines of dialogue in The Terminator? Eight? <laughs> yeah, not very many at all. It, it's and, a very good way around his... Um, accent Limita- at the time. Yeah, his limitations, yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, again, another thing where he completely, you know, of him, Linda Hamilton and uh, Michael Byrne, Arnie obviously had the massive career yeah. uh, from that point onwards. I also, on a slight um, uh, tangent, I subscribed to Arnie's uh, newsletter. I, I <laughs> he, he put a thing out and he was, he was writing a newsletter. I was like, oh, I'll give this a go. Yeah. It is amazing. Like he's done it like three months and it's this huge newsletter. And it's about like all of the charity work he's doing, tells stories about the movies he's in, full of like um, tips for um, not just bodybuilding, but just kind of like achieving your goals, quotes, jokes, pictures, videos. It's it's really good. <laughs> I was really shocked. He's an interesting guy. Such an interesting dude. So, so cool. Like in terms of how... You would expect so the people who really, really like him and who would call themselves like alphas and are just yeah. idiots. He's so completely opposite of that because the whole thing is all about like getting in touch with your feminine side. Oh, when I was bodybuilding in the 70s, I developed transcendental meditation. Uh, talking about smoking weed with Danny DeVito. Um, <laughs> talking about just like all this sort of stuff about like being kind and... And, and and he's just it's amazing. It's just such an interesting elder statesman that I did not expect at all. So strange. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. But yeah, I would definitely give give the newsletter a look. It's, <laughs> it's very very interesting, and I I get it. I read it, and then I send it to Fiona, my wife, and she's just like texting me like, "Oh my god, I didn't know that. I didn't." And then and you know all these weird little things that are in there that's cool yeah yeah (laughs) i mean the 80s 
like the action, we think we know like the action movies and, you know, being defined by by Arnold, Jean-Claude Van Damme, mm-hmm. Steven Seagal, you know, and then Bruce Willis with Die Hard in the later half, but also, you know, Mel Gibson with the Lethal Weapon movies, but again, starting with Mad Max. And they're all sort of very big contrasts when you think about it because, you know, your Arnold is big and muscular. I mean, Mel Gibson, you know, he's he's fit, but he's not that, is he? Like he's not, you know, really bodybuilding looking like that. He looks moderately ordinary. Yeah, and and – and I think it's that interesting thing, and I think that was always the 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 thing with an Arnie movie when he's playing like not a normal, well, I guess a normal person. You're like, okay, so you are a New York beat cop who I assume when you're not being a cop, you're in the gym three hours a day. You know, yeah. so like it's but but like Bruce Willis is a perfect example. When you watch Die Hard, he's like he's a dude who's relatively muscular but he's quite husky yeah you know he's not he's not like carved because it's such a big difference between like what fit was then and what fit is now we have to be like you know nine pack and slight seg again i was reading a thing about la confidential um the movie and they really really struggled to cast that because being set in the 50s they wanted actors who would be 50s fit yeah like, you know you're not you can't you can't be like tapered waist you can't be full of muscles and all that so they found guy pierce and russell crowe because they were like oh in australia there's more of that sort of like yeah you work out but you also drink beer you yeah know, there's, there's more of that so there's less of a, like a health kick and they said to russell crowe okay all we want you to do now eat steak and do push-ups that's it <laughs> Don't do anything else. Don't go jogging. Don't be doing sit-ups. Don't be doing all this stuff. Just just get so you look like if someone messed with you, you'd put them on their ass. And that's it. That's all yeah. we need. <coughs> and I always Russell found that Russell would fascinating. have loved that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would have been great. Like. But yeah, you're, you're spot on. Like That sort of big difference between being like 80s fit and 2010s fit is um, like he doesn't look like a movie star would look now, I guess. You know what I mean? Like um Mel Gibson yeah he's just yeah, yeah. It's, it is funny like going back over the decades and looking at well who were the the top movie stars of the day who were that considered the um you know the teen heartthrobs and some mm. you go yeah I see it like James Dean see it because there's there's always like a James Dean type in yeah in the decades um but others you go really (laughs) okay yeah okay if you say so i would i would say um tom cruise is one that fascinates me like Mm. i get it he's a relatively good looking bloke but when he was in his heyday he looked like a kid and he had like messed up teeth and like like okay yeah he's, he's relatively good looking i guess but he's baby-faced and just a bit all over the place and now he looks better but he still is quite i don't get it i I don't see it i now i've never found him good looking 
but I completely agree the charisma. I reckon he's mm. there's something he has that X factor, that charisma factor that I know, you know, he's part of Scientology. But oh my God, you are not going to keep me from seeing the next Mission Impossible movie. I'll watch 20 more of those movies. I don't care. I'll just yeah. watch them until they start making them. I love yeah. them. Love them. And, and yeah, crazy is whatever, but like he makes a really good film. And, um, uh, and like you say, yeah, the, the charisma, when you see him on a talk show, back before the Oprah on the couch thing, like yeah. you saw him on a talk show, he was always super charming. But I remember seeing him on an, on an English talk show and they said to him, like, um, it, it was him and like another actor and they were talking about auditions and stuff like that. And this actor, the other actor was saying like, oh, you know, I did a hundred auditions before I, I got a part. And the interviewer said to Tom Cruise, oh, how many auditions did you do before you got your first role? And he was like, I got my first one. <laughs> first audition, I got it. And I think it was like risky business. And he was like, yeah, I just... <laughs> yeah. It just happened for me. And just that was it. So obviously he just has... He had that X factor. He had whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, that people just, you know, in the casting room went, oh... That guy. Yes, <laughs> yeah. That, you know, we've... You know, I don't, I, you know, I could look up his IMDb, but I won't. But even in the small roles where you go, oh, we've got to have a piece of you. We're, we're going to get you and have a piece of you. So you can even see why, like, um, agents would have gone, yeah, piece of you because you're doing something. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Just one of those. Just, yeah. Like you say, yeah, there is something. He, he, there's a lot he's just made incredible movies and he's got that weird thing or not a weird thing but like if you look at the directors he's worked with he has something crazy like he's worked with pretty much like if you name all of the top directors of the past like 30 years he's yeah. worked with them but he's worked with like Kubrick and he's worked with Capello and he's worked with Spielberg and so on and um which is wild like no one has I don't think anyone has that sort of record for like especially with Kubrick because he made yeah. so few movies. Um, so, yeah, no, just knows how to pick a project and knows how to... And he's obviously realised with these Mission Impossible movies, he's like, yeah, this will do me. This yeah. will be me now. <laughs> I'll do this for a couple more years. You know, he and Macquarie have just um, gone, oh, these are fun to do. Yeah. We're just going to make these, but we're going to make them really good. Yeah. And I, th- I feel like Tom Cruise comes in and says, right, I want to do these three stunts. And Macquarie goes, okay, I'll write a movie around that. <laughs> I'll make that work. Yeah. We'll find a way to put that in. We'll find a way. Because we'll make it work. you know he's doing it. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, he jumped from building to building and broke an ankle. Kept running. Kept running and kept, that was the shot they used. Oh my god, and, that movie is incredible. Jumping out of the plane. Oh, Jumped out of a plane. Yep. You know, flying the helicopter. You know he did some an awful lot of that. Yeah. And I mean that's that's the amazing thing with like how why those movies that's an element of why those movies are so fun as well, where you sort of like if you were a director, you'd be like, Great, I can just keep the camera right on my star and while well, he does all this mad stuff about having yeah. to be like, Okay, I've got to cut around this this the stuntman and like CGI a face on any of that crap. It's like, no, no, he'll just do it. And we'll, he'll learn how to do it and then he'll do it. (laughs) And that'll be it. If he has to, you know, I think for the, the skydiving thing, he just, 
did some ridiculous like three jumps a week for a year and just just kept doing it and that was even like at first they were going to do it on a green screen and then there was a whole problem with the technology and all that and then tom cruise was like yeah. i've got an idea <laughs> and then that was it. i'll do it i'll just do it i'll just jump out of a plane it's fine yeah you wonder if um if they'll i mean they're filming or have filmed stuff for the next two Mm. Yeah, as we speak, um, if they had a hold of the volume technology, whether they would utilize that. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's interesting, isn't it? Because like the only thing I've seen so far is like some tourists were driving along and a train went past them, and they yeah. filmed the train, and and Tom Cruise was fighting dudes on top of the train or something ridiculous. Yeah. But I think that's the thing. I think with that those movies, you go to see the. The spectacular, the of it, yeah, yeah, and and the brand is built on him doing a lot of it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think since they did the movie with the Burj Dubai thing, they were like, "That's pretty much the marketing. You have to just yeah. show a bit of a nuts stunt in the, the trailer, and people will be like, I want to see that. Yeah, <laughs> I need to see that happen.' Uh, I was pretty much like that with Rogue Rogue Nation, with the one where he's yeah. hanging on the side of the plane. Oh, yes. As soon as I saw that clip, I was like, I was definitely going to see this movie before, but I now I need to definitely see it on the biggest cinema I can find. Yeah. 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 Even Mission Impossible 2 for, it's not great. <laughs> it's not it's great. It's not. Um, filmed in Sydney, but yeah. amazing motorcycle riding. Hmm. And, you know, he was doing that because he rides motorcycles and the free climb at the start. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just amazing. Yeah, so John, John Woo, he's also worked with John Woo. Like John Woo, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing with the um, with the Mission Impossible movies. John Woo, Brian De Palma, J.J. Abrams, uh, Brad Bird, Chris McQuarrie. Like, that's yeah. five incredible directors for you straight away. Yeah, because Christopher McQuarrie, you know, he started as a writer, didn't he? And he's written a lot of very successful mm. movies and things yeah and and there he's involved with the um top gun sequel isn't he as well either wrote it or he rewrote it or he's done yeah because he's a big i think before the mission impossible thing he was like a he's been a massive script doctor yeah because like, he won the oscar for usual suspects and he did a few other stuff and then he directed a movie called the way of the gun which is if you haven't seen that that movie is incredibly underrated absolutely brilliant and then he did a few other things, but then um, what did he do? I think he did an action movie, but I can't think what it is. Oh, no, he did that Jack Reacher with Tom Cruise. Oh, oh and I think okay. that's where they became mates. And then he ended yeah. up getting. So I imagine at that point, Tom Cruise is like, hey, do you want to do a Mission Impossible? <laughs> and then when that when that film blew up, they were like, do you want to do three more? <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah. Uh, those. So I think. Cruise just has him on retainer now, and he's just like, "Oh, I'm doing a Top Gun movie. Do you want to come and give a little clean up on the script and so on?" Yeah, they're yeah. on the same wavelength. Because yeah, I'm, I'm actually quite excited. I really want to see the, the Top Gun sequel. <laughs> so I'm not a big fan of the first film. Like I tried to watch it the other week, and I was like, uh, "I'm not into this." But then you're like, "Yeah, but I want to see Tom Cruise actually fly a plane now, rather than it be yeah. like on a studio." So okay, now I will go watch it. Oh, yeah, because you're like, oh, what's Tom Cruise going to do? Now he's – oh, that was Ridley Scott, wasn't it? 
or Tony Scott? Tony Scott. The first uh, one. Oh, oh yeah, I... Tony Scott. And Ridley Scott. He did Legend of Ridley Scott. Yeah, which is, which is you know, outside of what you think of Tom Cruise, but that's a good movie. That's a good movie. Tim Curry is amazing in that movie as the, yeah. the big the dude. Devil's Not... horns and, um, mm. yeah. Oh, Tom Cruise. We did. There was a few leaps there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mad Max 2. Great sequel. It's the Empire Strikes Back of the Mad Max saga. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, like a, a really well-constructed sequel in that they knew they were going to launch it in the United States, so they're like, right, it's a continuation, but we've got to start from fresh. Here it is. And using the aspect ratio well of that box with the narration and then opening it up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it did confuse me at first. Yeah. I guess because we're all just a little bit like in the, we live in the post-Justice, uh, Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder's Justice League world, where it's sort of like, <laughs> Oh, is that a, is that a thing now? Is that what every movie's doing? And then you're like, no, because this movie was made in 1980. Yeah. Is my TV doing that? Yeah. Is my is my TV becoming effective? Is is it like a cheap rip of a like a video? Yeah. From a. I did think it was that. I was like, oh god, what have I done here? Like I've heard, like yeah, and then yeah, but yeah, and then things so that when it did open up, I didn't notice until. Um, the scene where they've got the binoculars and they're looking down on the oil derrick. And then I was like, oh. That's, that's quite a bit into it. It's <laughs> quite a bit into it. I was just like, that's, that's how attentive I am. Well, that's how like I was in the movie. I was just like, didn't even notice. Yeah. I like looked away and looked back. and was like, oh, full screen. Yeah. There you go. What's not to like? But, you know, he's George Miller... Great use of the Australian landscape with the long straight roads. Loves it. Just, yeah. Um, so, up next for me is Beyond Thunderdome. Now, my expectations are this is going to be really eighties. Yes. Now I haven't seen this one, and I was under the impression that this one actually was really. Poor, but then I saw it has 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, oh, maybe it isn't. Maybe it's pretty good. But I think if you look at the poster and you look at Mel Gibson's hair on the poster, I think that's going to give you an idea of what this movie is going to be like. And it's, you know, Tina Turner's the baddie in it. Yeah. Which is, I can't wait to see that. And against one of, you know, I grew up and We Don't Need Another Hero was on, you know, Video hits in the morning, um, and yeah, that just that aesthetic everywhere. But of course, that phrase "Thunderdome"—that mm. is just part of the world now. So I don't. Did it exist before, or no? No. Like I think it is the. It is again one of those things of like. 80s kids growing up and then being the ones who create new yeah. stuff so yeah. they reference that kind of cool stuff like um 
there's a there's a whole Rick and Morty that's all like Mad Max looking stuff. There's um, Venture Brothers does it quite a bit. Any any of those sort of cartoons that are made by like slacker thirty year olds or forty year olds <laughs> will have some sort of Mad Max episode, or they'll yeah. have some sort of reference to that sort of look. Um, and then the thing is like. Not to harp onto my favorite movie, but um, uh, Fury Road. Fury Road now is beginning to do the same thing with new filmmakers. So you do have like, um, I would definitely say the Battle of Crate uh, in Last Jedi is yeah. Ryan Johnson has watched uh, Fury Road and been like, "Ooh, I like that," and sort of cobbled together machines going through the desert. Yeah, yeah just trying a... to think of the timing. It's... So. It's hard because I think it's this. I think it's 2016 is Fury Road and 2017 is um, oh. Last Jedi. So probably not. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I, I like to. I might tweet at him and see if he'll if he'll if he'll admit it. Yeah, but maybe even just the original Mad Max that cobbled. Yeah. Look. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Like he would yeah. be of the right, the right um, age group. Yeah. Definitely. Ah, um, oh, I had a thought. Thought's gone. Oh, well. Easy come, easy go. But, oh, yeah. So, all right, confession. Sometimes on YouTube I like watching those, you know, people watching um, songs for the first time. Okay. I especially like it with ACDC songs. Okay. Um, so people watching Thunderstruck for the first time. Okay. Um, but if you go back and watch that video and everyone who is watches that video for the first time goes, oh, it's Thunderdome. Ah. It's Mad Max because of the, the way that the audience are like set up in the, like the grid at, at the back that of the sense. stadium. Of course, being called, you know, Thunderstruck, Thunderstruck also brings it in, but it's definitely like that image because I know – Again, I haven't seen the movie Thunderdome by having my head that sort of geometric sphere and people hanging onto the the metal bars. Yeah. And yeah, this music clip has the same kind of idea. Yeah. Um well, if you if you just google image Thunderdome, you get a lot of pictures as well of like Burning Man, which is very yeah that aesthetic big out in the desert half naked everyone's on motorbikes hmm Mm. interesting yeah if you ever watch those ones it's always fun also to watch how soon into the clip people's heads just start banging (laughs) thunderstruck is um yeah um, yeah that would be pretty wild to hear that for the first ever time yeah, like, and um, oh, God, the Australian in me is just very annoyed at the moment because I've forgotten his name. Angus. Angus. Young. Angus Young. Thank God I remembered that. I'd be stripped of my citizenship. <laughs> um, you know, starting it off like one-handed on the guitar, just doing a riff. Mm. Dun, dun. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll check that it's, out. It's awesome, yeah. Yeah, great, great song. I'm I'm stunned that you know no Akadaka trivia was on your um, citizenship 
um, test? Uh, not that I recall. It was all stuff about the, the Fed and the Senate, uh, which I instantly forgot. So yep. that's that's handy. Um, so yeah. So nope, still passed. <laughs> See, that stuff's not important. It's not. Don Bradman's average. Um, <laughs> Akadaka. Mm-hmm. Fancy, Barnsy. What's the difference between the two? I guess that would be the that would be the essay question. Oh yeah, it is an essay. <laughs> and then when they come together to do a duet uh-huh. with, of course, then Diesel on guitar. Oh my god! There you go. That's that's Australia. And in and they're playing in the Thunderdome just to really yeah. make it as Australian as humanly possible. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been Mad Max. Um. Loki's coming up in about a week and a half. Yes. Also. That's going to be cool. Uh, Wednesday nights. Thursday nights? Wednesday nights. Um, yeah, Wednesday nights because it'll come out like Wednesday mid- midnight. So it'll come out again at 5 o'clock Wednesday afternoon for us. Pretty good. Yep. Yeah, it's 5 o'clock now, isn't it? Because that, that yep. tripped me up on Bad Batch. I, I didn't realise that. I thought it was 6 or 7, I think I thought. So during the summer, it's seven o'clock with us on daylight savings and them not. I see. Then there's a there was a switch over time when it was six o'clock, and now it's to five o'clock. Brilliant. Yep. Ah, oh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that, Loki. I think that's going to be absolutely amazing. Like, um, and and it's interesting as well as already they're already talking about the possibility of um it not being like a standalone, like it being an ongoing series, which is pretty wild. Yeah. Well, with the, I mean, we don't know anything about it, but with that idea that he's some kind of time variant and he can jump into different timelines, you go, well, yes, he he could go anywhere and intersect with anyone. It's, yeah. It's pretty cool. Like the the TV shows so far have not disappointed in terms of, um, like WandaVision was such a, for the most part, like a such a wild collection of like very creative ideas that you that more creative than anything we've actually seen in like the movies. Yeah. Um, and it's cool that they sort of jumped out the gate straight away with that and was like, okay, this is this is the kind of tone we want to do. Let's see how popular this is. And it was hugely popular. And then Loki looks like it's going to be a similar sort of thing of just like big ideas and like they're like, okay, well we've. We know these characters. We know everyone loves this character. Let's let's give him a, a platform to go wild. So yeah, just let Loki be Loki. That's it. And um, and yeah, so we got that on Wednesday, and then Bad Batch for another couple of months, probably. I think there's sixteen episodes or seventeen. Yeah, episodes? yeah, sixteen episodes. So I think there's ten, more. twelve, eleven um, or twelve to go. I lost yeah, count. More. We only got five, haven't we? Um, yeah. And that's that show's fine. Like it's yeah, that's the word for it. Yeah, it's. I I, I was saying to Matt, my co-host, of Blue Mountain Milker, um, I go a couple of the episodes have had the the thing of being like an improvement on the Mandalorian in the sense of like you've got the father and child plotline, but then there's another plotline as yeah. well as like other things happening, so you're not just stuck like like that episode where um, Omega was trying to like get the battery off the monster or the dragon or yes. whatever. Like that would have been a whole episode of the, of the Mandalorian. 
Yeah. Whereas it was like little bits where you had crosshair killing all those people. And you're like, okay, that I like. Jumping yeah. between the two plots, that's that's cool. That's that's keeping it keeping me entertaining entertained while you're like, why didn't anyone sort of think we're telling the same story twice? Why are we telling the yeah. same story again? It's it's a bit weird because obviously it's the same people. <laughs> it's it's yeah. you know it's the same people in the the room. So I don't really know what's happened there, um, mm. or maybe they were just sort of like who knows. But I I'm still a little bit torn with the last episode. I'm not sure I needed the origin story of the Rancor. I'm not sure no, I wanted that, and I, I don't did think not. I particularly. I, I I'm always a bit weird when Star Wars does that thing where it's like oh there's only fifty people in the whole galaxy. And it says everyone's connected to everyone else, but then it starts to get really like, oh, and also the rancor that you're going to meet later. Here's where that comes from. Because then obviously if Omega turns out to be something to the wider plot, then that makes it really strange because you're like, okay, so Jabba the Hutt's guard dog was saved by this incredibly important character but then killed by this other incredibly important character. (laughs) You know, what's, 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 what's happening? It's yeah, a, I don't I, know. I'm a bit. I'm a bit. Yeah, a bit torn on that one. I no, like we didn't need the origin of the Rancor. It just, it didn't need to be anything like anything that. Relevant. Like, no, it no. could have just happily just been a Rancor, and it was some other or, owner, <laughs> or something else. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know that I've liked that first episode. You know, showing. You know, Order 66 and right. that changeover from Republic to Empire and that that section with Crosshair and Tarkin with that and the little glimpses we're seeing of the Empire mm. taking over. But otherwise, yeah, I'm not, yeah, and... I don't like Omega. I feel like I'm the only person. <laughs> I I'm cold. I can take it or leave it. Yeah. Um the I think they've managed to do really well to sort of make the Bad Batch actually interesting characters. And I think Echo I love Echo. I think Echo is great. Yeah. Who is like Whoop. and I I like the fact that they have gone done some weird stuff, like him being like sold as a droid and yeah. then having to like create a, like a mini coup of droids to save the ship. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I like the fact that like Wrecker is obviously going to completely go m- mental because he's got the chip in his head is acting yeah. up. And it's like every episode he keeps getting like a more progressively bad head wound. Yes. So something's going to go off and I don't know if they're going to end up having to like mercy kill Wrecker or something really <laughs> horrible. <you know? laughs> like a real of mice and men thing, but I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested in where it goes, but I think I was always interested in seeing what was happening with the building of the Empire at that stage. So I'm impatient to get to that part of the plot. Yeah. Um, And I think I'd be happier if we saw little glimpses every episode, but we've gone a couple of episodes now without Hmm. seeing that and and i'm finding that a little frustrating it is, it is the strongest stuff like that episode with crosshair when he kind of kills all of saul guerrero's like refugees 
yeah. and you sort of see the like that and creating the sort of like death troopers are like that's really cool yeah um and that is sort of that is sort of what the show's sort of marketed as sort of you know it's like the gap between clone wars and rebels yeah. i guess you know but so yeah they should they should really throw us a bone out every couple of a, a bit more often but hopefully yeah. the next episode will because we've had two without yes yes hopefully hopefully okay. um and yeah we had a trailer for um the eternals still got no idea what's that that's about and nope, I'm no so down to see it. Oh yeah, cast is amazing. Chloe Zhao is incredible. Looks pretty cool. No idea. Don't know who the yep. bad guys are. Don't know what the plot is. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> there's two kings of the north. Yes, there are. Of course, yeah. There's two Starks. Well, Stark and a Snow. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. It's it's one of the few Marvel things that I don't know anything about. Like I don't know any of like the comic backstory or anything it's it's all completely new and i've sort of got to the point of like okay well, i'm just going to avoid it because they have released a new series all about those characters and I'm like no nah, i'm just going to avoid it and just go in going cold and see what happens yeah i'm looking forward to that yeah yeah that's going to be fun and cross our fingers that black widow will still come out yeah. in a few weeks yeah hopefully fingers crossed and, and we get to see it because poor black widow has been pushed back a few times. Well, it's going to be obviously a nightmare if it does come out and we're locked down, so we can't yeah. see it. Which yeah. would be just our luck, wouldn't it? But we'll see. Oh, yeah. We'll see. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> but keep keep the faith. More people are getting vaccinated. Things are going to work. It's going to be fine. Yes. Um. I made an, a lot of phone calls and I got through eventually and took the first slot that was available my sister called over 30 times yeah got an appointment and so yeah we're getting through um that's good yeah getting there i yeah no i was i was very lucky to get mine um before all this happened because i work at a hospital so um and even though i am i work as an educational admin they consider me a um essential frontline health worker um which is quite ironic because they told me that after I just failed my um, uh, in-work training on CPR five times. <laughs> oh, no. And then they were like, what? I was like, oh, my God, I've got to pass this test. And I finally, it was like all on the computer and I finally passed it. And I was like, okay, okay, that's fine, that's fine. And then they came in and said, Sean, so here's an update. Uh, you know, here's your ID badge and so on. And um, you're vaccinated and you can come into work because you're an essential frontline health worker. So if you wanted to, you could, I can leave the the boundaries of the lockdown and go and do things if I needed to. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I am a terrible health worker. I make, you know, I make education programs and stuff like that. I'm just a, um, I'm not in, I'm not a clinician in any way. But yeah, yeah. I got vaccinated. So that's the important thing for me. Yeah. So you, you're fully vaccinated now or are you yep. in the, oh, cool. I've had both. Um, uh, yeah, side effects were it was like having a, a bit of a minor hangover the next yeah. day, and that was it. Um, but yeah, so nearly done. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you've got if you've got your appointment, then that's it. Then then yeah. we'll sort you out, and you got like 
19 days, I think, until you have to do the second one. Yeah, they're saying three weeks. So okay. I think I think they sort you out with a booking when you do it, I think, is um, how they do it. Yeah, I'm not I, sure. I think so. I got... I got like a text message and then I had to call them up, but I was doing it through the, well, like I say, I was doing it through the hospital. So it was yeah. a different sort of process. Um, yeah. But yeah, all good. Nearly there. Yeah. As long as everyone yeah. does it, we can finally travel and I can introduce my um, son to my parents in Spain. Or they yes. can come here. Yes. Hashtag let Catherine go to celebration. Exactly. For no other reason, get vaccinated so I can go to celebration. Makes sense. All the boomers <laughs> sitting on their hands because they've got nothing to do. Well, we've got tons to do, so get, yep. let's get vaccinated and shut up. Or the person who told me I'm not going to get vaccinated until the borders open. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Oh. Cool, cool, cool. cool, yes. cool, cool. Yeah. That's great. That's real good. Yeah. You don't want to um, wish illness on people. You don't want to wish bad things happen to people, but at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I. Uh, but yes, I'm, I'm booked in and, um, yeah, most of my family are. My mum's nagging my brother to get on the phone because I think his first priority was getting my sister-in-law Mm. Um, done. So now my mum's nagging my brother. So that's good. It, it'll get done. Yeah, my my sister in law's a midwife, so she's she's done. Um, and my parents. I think I told you this on the chat thing. My parents yeah. have had the shot of AstraZeneca, and then Spain were like, "Nah, actually, we don't like that." But if you've had the shot of AstraZeneca, just come back in three weeks to a month and just have a shot of something else. <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't seem legit. And mum's like, what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, just see what happens. Yeah. I think they have done some combinations of things. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if it was, if it was, you know, yeah. ugh, I'm sure it's fine. Or in a month's time, like the pop, everyone in Spain drops dead because they've like mixed <laughs> the two wrong things and then we'll, we'll work it out from that. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it is amazing that they've been able to develop these vaccines, get them made. Yeah. Yeah. Get them done. Now everyone else just needs to do it, and then we can go to Spain and celebration and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yes. Now, because I've been such a good girl in my life, I've only ever had one hangover, so. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. But, yeah, um, well, then I don't know what the equivalent is. It's it's a bit of a headache, a bit foggy. That was yep. it. Um, yeah, I would say that was it. Yeah. Um, I just stayed at home and watched telly. Like yeah. a hangover. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, this is being Vaccine Corner. Um... <laughs> We're here at Vax Chat. Yes. Yes. You know, there's... It has been a bit of like almost vaccine FOMO looking at America. Mm. Oh, yeah, and, definitely. Yeah. Real flip because they were looking at us like, oh, my God, your numbers are so low and your 
and Dan Andrews is doing like such good work. And we were like, yeah, yeah, we are yeah. well on our way to being A-OK. And then we just shit the bed. <laughs> yes, and the Victorian government is being the opposition party to the federal government. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> Catherine, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> so now I've I've seen that um, the Calrissian Chronicles is going to come out soon on the Blue Banther Milk Co. YouTube. Yes. Is that so correct? That's being filmed currently. It's all um, the AI has written it. It's ready to go. And our Lando is filming it. We've got the first two episodes ready to go. And that's pretty wild. And me and Matt started writing or got the uh, the AI to start writing episode 2.5, The Jedi and the Senator. So yeah. we're doing this one a little bit differently because with episode 10, Matt did it all. And then he gave it to me and I edited it and kind of like moved some stuff around and then gave it back to him and we just did that. And then with Solo, I did it and passed it on to him. But what we're doing with this one is I'm writing all of the Obi-Wan scenes and he's writing all the Anakin scenes. And when I say writing, I mean putting through the thing. Yeah. But then we're, so we're doing it like, so I've done the first one, I give my one to him, he has his one, gives it back to me and we're just doing it scene by scene by scene by scene, seeing how that goes. Yeah. And so far it's been it's been pretty wild. We've... um. The AI has introduced the, um, what's the character's name? Um, the Master of the Republic, Sporky Fork. <laughs> so we're off to a great start. That's like line three of the whole script. So, um, yeah. Jeez. That's a Mad Max naming right there. That's it. Yeah, Sporky Fork. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah. So it's off to a great start. So that will be done soon. And we're doing a bunch of other ridiculous things. I had a really good idea for something today, so I just need to re-pitch it to Matt. And and we're doing some real crazy things with the because we're kind of moving away from essays and stuff like that towards more of this kind of creative stuff, which is a bit more fun to do, and then we're deciding what we're going to do with that. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Cool. Um, so people can find you on YouTube, um, and Matt does the Twitters, and you mm -hmm. do the Facebooks. That's it. Um, yep. And I think that's everything. That's everything. Yeah. So please check it out. I think there will be an excerpt from the um, 2.5 script on Twitter tomorrow, like a little tiny little tester that we just done. So check that out. It's pretty funny. and gives you get a bit of a taste of the, uh, of the level of quality that our AI writes up. <laughs> Look, does Boba Fett eat chicken? Boba Fett wouldn't. Be, Boba Fett would only be a child in this one, but oh. all the clones are clones of Boba Fett. Well, so yeah. we'll see how that pans out. Yes. Yes. Now, if you don't understand that reference, you've <laughs> got to go back and watch the um, Solo 2. It, it's just brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. It is pretty amazing. That was that was one very strange day when the AI just started doing that. Just I was, it was all going fine. I just pressed generate and it just kind of and it just writes it as it goes down the screen. And then it just started doing all that chicken stuff and bed sand. It just went on and on and on and on and on and on. And on. It's like phone and Matt. It's like, oh, I've got to, share, I've got to send you this. <laughs> just absolutely insane. But yeah, just, just did it all by itself. Just wanted it and did it. And we just had to work with it. 
Um, now you can find that Geek Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, I uploaded a photo of myself at Supernova with a replica of the seventy nine um, interceptor. I did see that. It was excellent. Yeah, so it's very cool. Um, I did get you know a friend going. Why did you put up a photo of you with the Mad Max car? I'm like, <laughs> Dude, there you go. My Someone podcast. <laughs> um, that's all. Uh, that Geek Pod. I'm at Catherine underscore Neen on Twitter. Um, you can follow me for my daily um, countdown till Andor. I don't know how many days there are. I'm just still counting down. Just yeah, yeah. one day closer. One day closer. And, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Survivor South Africa is going to start um, screening this Friday on 10 Play. Well, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, they've managed to film a season. Survivor Australia filmed a season or is filming in Cloncurry oh. here in Australia. Um David, winner of um, All Stars Australia, has is on Celebrity Apprentice. Okay, <laughs> it's oh, everywhere. So, so it's Survivor. Oh, it's the South African version of Survivor. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. Oh, it'll be loads of fun. It yeah, it's like the eighth season. So I think they've been through a couple of configurations. Ah, so it's now um, Immunity Island. Mm. on the wild yes, coast with, yeah yeah so america's filmed a couple of seasons or they are filming in fiji mm. um but they've done shortened seasons i think to accommodate their shortened filming schedule yeah but i'm i'm stunned they've been able to film in fiji stunned wild yeah yeah so Somehow the world keeps making content. Um, yeah. Somehow. Can't stop the content. Yes. So the content keeps coming. So that geek pod will return. Yeah.